Digging smacks, let's go. Come on, sugar bear. <laughs> I gotta lose weight, bro. I've been getting them down. Nigga, me and you both, man. You ain't by yourself. I've been getting them down. Yogi the bad jokes and everything. What's happening, man? Welcome to the crib, man. Listen. My crib is your crib. Your crib is my crib. You know, in the crib, man, we bring all types of people. So I, I, I got one of my homeboys, man, to slide through. Let me just say this, man. Underappreciated, underrated, but he's a monster, man. You know what I'm saying? And he's worked with people like Jay-Z, Kanye, J. Cole, Dr. Dre, Drake. I mean, he opened up the one of the classic albums I will say this in my top three, top five, the blueprint. He the first thing that you hear on the blueprint. He the last thing that you hear on the blueprint. Give it up to my man, man. Bink Dog, man. What's happening with it, boy? <laughs> what up, What's going on, bro? Hey, man, you know I'm here for you, brother. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I want to start out with a with a legend, man. Somebody that uh, that I, I guess we both you know, admire in the industry that's really been doing a lot as a producer, Dr. Dre, man. You work with Dr. Dre. So how was how was that whole situation of working with? Um, working with Dre, man, it was inevitable for that to happen. It was always, like, on my bucket list anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Dre is a perfectionist, mm -hmm. and, you know, he does his own thing, so he don't really need you. Right. So if he come to you, that means you're doing something that he not doing that he appreciate. Right. You know what I'm saying? So to finally have him, um, to to finally have him, like call my number. Mm -hmm. He did. It was like it was an honor. But that's because you know my relationship I had with um, Exhibit, Nate Dog, Corrupt. You know my my relationship on the West is way more deeper than these. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How was it working with Nate, man? <laughs> That's called Nate Rottweiler face. Because <laughs> he always got the same expression right. all the time. Yeah. But was funny as fuck. That's people don't understand. Yeah, like, yeah, Nate yeah. Dog was yeah, funny met, as shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to see his face look so mean, mm -hmm. but then he joked the shit out you with that same face. Right. It, it was and like. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> Double hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, he was like quick, man, very accurate with his He knew what he wanted to do. Hennessy and weed was his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. I remember interviewing a man in, in, um, in Columbia, South Carolina. I was doing radio down there. And he came in. I think that had to be some of the strongest weed that I've ever smelt. Hands down. Ever. Hands down. Let to talk about. And the stench was in the studio for like two days, man. Like, yeah. So that's that's dope. That's dope. So you said your, your ties in the West are much more stronger in the East. Yeah, the relationships that I developed with the artists right. was, was way more... Outside of music, mm -hmm. than just the music. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So how was it working with uh, you know, he he ain't the young young boy, but J Cole man. How was it working with him, man? Oh, uh, it was dope, man. Work with J. Like I still haven't gotten a song on J Cole album yet. Though. Right. J Cole featured on the Drake record, the um, Jodeci Freestyle. Yeah, yeah, the Jodeci Freestyle. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm still that. like he's staying up the bucket list. Like I still got to get on his shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But no, he's no, he a cool dude, man. Real, you know, real grounded guy down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, me and you had a moment with um, with Kendrick, man. Kendrick Lamar. Right. And we seen him perform live. 
on his first show, on his first Section tour. Section 80. Yep, the Section 80 yeah. tour. Now, this is his first show from off his first tour. And um, we actually hung out with him on the bus, mm -hmm. backstage with him, chilling. And um, I remember you telling me, you said, man, pick up your jaw. Because I couldn't believe him when he was performing, how dope he was, like... You know what I'm saying? And you bumped me like that. Pick up your jaw, nigga. I'm like, yo, I couldn't believe. Like, he was like, man, he was, at that time, he was dancing. Then he'd sit down. Then he he was just doing so many different things. Man, how how how's your relationship with I mean, I told with? people he was next then. Mm -hmm. It's on my Instagram. Like, way back then, I put a picture of him because I went to the radio station when I was Shaggy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that morning, everything we took a picture together. Right, and um, it's still on my Facebook page. I met, mm. and I say he next. So yeah. I knew it when I heard it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just because of you know, just the, you, you can't the chemistry you can't fake. Right, right. And him yeah. being on stage, and we seen how he connected, and how the crowd connected to him, him. at the Nova, and he was still like not really like that yet. Right. They like they was singing every fucking word, every word, and it was like it was lit. So I was like, yeah, he next. Yeah, definitely. Cause he, he came up. He said, "Yo, yo, OG, yo, yo, what you think?" I said, "Bro, yo, man, I seen Pop, I seen Jay, I seen all of these people around." Him. And then I said, "I seen Bill Cosby." He was like, "Bill Cosby? How did you see Bill Cosby?" I said, "Bro, in the middle of your show, you sat down and start talking to the people like a monologue." Mm -hmm. The boss do. And then jump out the chair and go right back into the show. And, like, I ain't never seen nothing like that before, ever. He sat down and set up a record. Yeah. I forgot which record he did after he sat down. But right. He, he was setting up a record that he was about to do. Because I remember he was talking about his mom and his dad, and it was the interludes from the album. Right. So it was dope, man. You know what I mean? So, man, you know. A lot of people don't understand your impact in the music industry, the mm -hmm. things that you have done, you know. And I just kind of run through some of the artists that you, you know, that you've worked with. Now let's go back to the Rockefeller situation, like the whole. How did you? How did you get involved with Rockefeller? Well, my manager at the time, Jay Brown, which is president of Rock Nation now. Mm. But he was a consultant for Rockefeller back then. Mm. So he was helping them structure a lot of their deals and stuff like that, you know, as they was doing business that they was coming up. But um, the Hard Not Life tour, mm -hmm. there was this little short movie that they had that they played where they they all got on jail jumpers and in the back of this van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember right? that. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they need some music to it. They want somebody to score it. So he convinced them to let me do it. Mm -hmm. So I, um, we booked Enterprise Studios in Cali and went in there and knocked it out. Sent it to him. They was like, yo, you know, it's a go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then Beans heard it and was like, yo, I need that beat. And that intro turned into Ride For My Niggas on Beans' album. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how I was really introduced to the rock. Was doing the intro for the show, which turned to a record for Beans, and I ended up producing for Beans before you know my first Rockefeller artist mm -hmm. that I ever did was him. Oh okay, 
Okay, so then uh, from there, you went to Jay? Jay-Z? Nah. From there, I did another record with Beans. Ended up doing two. Okay. And on that second record, Jay jumped on it, mm. which was raw and uncut. Okay. He heard that and was like, oh, hold up. Like, what's this? Mm-hmm. And then they did like a... They did like a tag team on the record. They went four for four. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some EPMD type right, shit. And they right. And killed it. And um, that was my introduction to Jay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, not too long after that, you know, Dynasty came up. But I think I did Freeway, Freeway before Dynasty. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I did. I think two. I did two on Freeway album. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then we did Dynasty. Man, that's dope. So, you know, the blueprint, how did that whole concept or how did that even go, you know, with you being able to be, have, what, three yeah. joints on there? Mm-hmm. How, how did that whole thing happen, man? Um, I used to have a group called Non-Brigade. <clears throat> Shout out to Sonny. Rest in peace to Q Don. Um, but we had a record called All I Need mm-hmm. on our deal with Electra. Hip-hop was trying to buy that record from me the entire time. Right. But I wouldn't sell it to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you trying to buy from let me know I need this bitch. Right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, I, ain't, I can't come up off this. But then, right. unfortunately, you know, my guy in the group, Q Don, was murdered the week we was mixing. Mm. So the record never came out. So maybe like two years later, I hit, I hit you know, hip hop, like, yo, you know, I sell it to you now. But he came back at me, like, yo, what you gonna do with that record, bro? Like, mm-hmm. like you know what? Gave it to him, but I made sure Q Don and Sunny had published on the record. Okay. Type shit. You right. Know what I'm saying? Right. If That's I'm gonna dope. do it, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So I did it like that. All right. So, um, to be able to have the intro to the blueprint, and then the outro to the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing they hear when they put it in. Like, the blueprint shifted a lot of things, man. Shifted a lot of things, and it came out on nine eleven. That part. How was that? You know, having your debut on Rockefeller. You know, with not just Rockefeller, but just on the Blueprint, having a debut on for the Blueprint, and being nine eleven. How did? Um. Well, when we did Blueprint, it was such a anticipated album. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was talking about it, like, you know, wanting to know what was what. And then eventually a leaked version came out. Somebody leaked the album, but it was a whole different sequence. Mm. Records in different order. It was some records that didn't make it. You know, there wasn't an album. Right. So, you know, I didn't know what to make of that because all my records wasn't on the, on the leak joint. Okay. Uh. So, you know, I think, that, like I said, that might have been the most that I've ever been excited for a release. Okay. Was was Blueprint. Because like I said, it was like everybody was talking about it. Like everybody was waiting on it. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't wait to see what it was gonna be. So once I found out I had the first record on the album, I was like, yo, you know, this release date is gonna be stupid because the first as soon as they come out and bite the plastic off, mm-hmm. put that bitch in, is first thing on here is me. Right. So I was just super geeked on that, you know what I'm saying, that I set it off, mm. you know what I'm saying? So that's that, that's where my excitement came from. So let's talk about the trio, man. Jay, Biggs, 
Dame. How was your relationship with each one of them? Keep it one foul. <laughs> Dame was a jokester, like, <laughs> like you and I. Right, like, right. Dame liked to cut. He liked to cut into you, but not knowing, I liked to cut too. Right. And most people, he used to bully with that shit. Right. Never bully me. <laughs> but we used to go at it. You know what right. I'm we used to go at it all the time, just joking each other. And uh, Biggs was my guy. Yeah, I know you and Biggs still got it. Biggs was my guy. He would come through the studio and just blow, just blow it down with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He come through with some extravagant ass strand, mm-hmm. and we used to just you know just blow it down the session, just kick it. And uh, Jay, you know, I didn't really do. wasn't a lot of dialogue with Jay. I didn't have a lot of dialogue with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because um, I didn't hang at the studio. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I built my own vibe in my house. Okay. So I did all my you know, all my shit at the crib. But I was the first person to ever record in baseline. Mm. And that was um I was working for Missy Ellie at the time for her, her um artist Mocha. Okay. So we um we gave them their first thirty day PO. You know, thirty days thirty days studio sessions. Mm. Paid for by Electra. That was right. the first check they ever got for business. Was from me. Oh man. So after that thirty days was up, I took it back to the house. Because the A room wasn't finished yet. Right. Then once the A room finished, then Rockefeller locked down the A room. Mm-hmm. And it was just like me, I don't like a lot of traffic around me when I'm working. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was just so much traffic. I'm like, you know what, I'm just I'm just take it back to the house. That's why you don't see me on the Kanye documentary. Yeah, because I was wondering why that I didn't hang in baseline like that. Because I know Kanye used to come to the crib. Absolutely. You know, a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I can say a lot. He came a couple times, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, he used to just always pick my brain and just ask me for advice on what he should add to the record or how should he approach the record. You know, so he, he used to use my musicians. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to E-Bass. You know what I'm saying? Then my engineers like Doug Wilson. So mm-hmm. they used to use my guys. Did you see that? How mega he became? Did you see that early on, or did you know something? You just like, man, I didn't, I had no, no idea. No, when he first rapped for me, it was like, um, I was thoroughly impressed because normally that transition from producer to rapper don't be sweet. Right, 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 right. You know what right. <laughs> so, so when he rapped, I was like, oh shit, like this motherfucker can actually rap. Right. So I was like, damn, like dude, nice. So I, you know, I told him I said, "Yo, you got it." Like, you know, I get it because he spit this record for me called "Wow." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like the metaphors, and it was just crazy. Mm. I can't remember what, how the lines go, but it was everything you say, something, 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 something. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. And I was like, "Yo, it's, you got it." Right. You know what I'm saying? And then the beast was dope. So you know, I, I feel like he was gonna do something anyway. But at the time, you understand that he wasn't his appearance wasn't what what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, niggas was wearing throwback basketball jerseys and jean shorts and Tims and shit. Right. That wasn't his thing. Right. He was a polo Polo, guy. yeah. He's wearing the polo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The polos and the khakis and, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he, had a, he had that the college look. Right. So, initially, uh, Rockefeller didn't get it. So, they like, who the fuck gonna listen to this dude? Like, mm-hmm. you, know, we should, you know, we're a street label. Like, so they... Jay wasn't really receptive to him rapping in the beginning. Right. 
Like, he just told me, he said, yo, keep producing. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Kanye saying, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to pay for my own video first mm-hmm. and put my shit out anyway. Like, I don't give a fuck what nobody's saying. I think I know I got it. And if it wasn't for him having that type of balls, he would still just be behind the scenes. Well, I just seen an interview where Dame said that Biggs is the one that told him, listen, man, we need to focus on Kanye. Mm-hmm. And that's when, because at the time he was saying state property was heavy on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then he said that Biggs came to him and said, listen, man, we need to focus on Kanye. And then that's how he kind of shifted his attention and started really paying attention to him more, which transcended to, you know what I'm saying, him really kind of getting behind him. Biggs and hip-hop are brothers. A lot of people don't know that. I ain't know that. They're brothers. You know what I'm saying? So they got an ear. You know what I'm saying? So Biggs always had a good ear. He just played it back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So him telling him that, he's like, listen, you may want to revisit that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't know. Which I heard the first time you heard the shit. Right. <laughs> you may want to revisit that. So, I mean, like you was talking about, you know, the Biggs. Why do you think you and Jay never really had real dialogue? Um, I think for the most part, I mean, we had dialogue who's around each other, mm-hmm. for sure, but I didn't spend extensive time around him, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I've always been my own person. I never really wanted to just hang on nobody's coattail, just just trying to hang around and, and kick it, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, I'm, right. You know, I'm trying to get to the money. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to secure and, and, and protect my sound and what I got going on, so I don't want a whole bunch of people around me while I'm creating anyway. Mm-hmm. The traffic is, that's a no-no for me. Right. Too many people coming in out the spot, I can't even get into my shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the type of vibe was going on the baseline. It was like a lot of people coming in and out. Like, it's just a lot of ears in your, on your shit. Like, niggas looking at records you're sampling. Like, I don't, mm-mm. So was that, that had something to do with, uh, just Blaze, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he clipped on some of you said. The me. chameleon. <laughs> Let's tell you old trend. I mean, I mean, like you say, it, w- it was bigger than me. It wasn't just me. He just made a career out of my shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's... And people always try to say, like, oh, man, that's not fair to say that. It's absolutely fair. Like, it's, it's what it is. Right. I don't, you know, I never said he wasn't talented. Mm-hmm. Dude is, is, is super talented. He just a but... He's just a copycat. He's just a copycat. That's what he does. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you, you got leaders and then you got followers out here. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people out here that's leading the culture. Right. There's a lot of people that's following the culture mm-hmm. and doing what they hear on the radio, what they hear on people's albums, and just following suit. Mm. So what was the first time you felt that he, he, he started, like, you know, biting? That's what it is, basically what Probably we were saying. that you don't know, record. Mm. Because that was very reminiscent of one nine hundred hustler. Right. So that's the first time my antennas went up. Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, yeah, I had to get my ass fucked back in Jersey. Like I can't be working down here no more. Right. Motherfucker looking on my shoulders, ear, ear hustling. The ear hustling. Yeah, yeah so what I you gotta, call? Yeah, I gotta go. So yeah, that's why, like I said, that's why you don't see me in that Kanye documentary because I was in Jersey at the crib. Right. And when Kanye said it on Drink Champs. That was real. Yeah, you know what I mean? And when he said it, but then you heard you heard Biggs in the background say, Big Yeah. Yeah, Biggs said that in the background, like, you know he what I mean? He knew it was vindication. He knew that as soon as Jay said it. 
But me and Ye were sitting down, I forget it, me and Ye were sitting down in the car on the side of Quad Studios, right across the street from Right Tracks. Right Tracks and Quad was like on the same block. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we sit in the car, and uh, he playing me records as usual. Asked me what I think he should add to it, shit like that. So we talking. Then he was like, yo, you know, this nigga, this nigga just kind of taking my shit. I said, I hear it, nigga. Like, nigga, yeah. And like, not even 30 minutes later, Just Blaze pulled up. And these niggas had on the same Nuggets throwback jersey. I can't make this shit up. <laughs> And the way I just bust out laughing, like we sitting here talking about a nigga copy, and I got niggas got the same goddamn shirt on. <laughs> it's some funny shit. But that's how that's how it always been, man. Like I said, it's like a lot of people come in the game, but not really put their own twist on it. Mm-hmm. And Kanye and myself can actually say yeah, we came you. in with our own little twist. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just take your twist and claim it for their own. Right. And this is that's just how it go. Like when today, when somebody said you inspired them, that means they're gonna sound just like you when they press play. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You can't confuse inspiration with copying. It's a big difference. Inspiration to me means, damn, like you really made me want to get on my shit and create something because your shit was just that impactful that I want to go and do my thing now, mm-hmm. not do what I just heard. Right. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So that's where we at now. Like. Inspiration is a new word for biting. Yeah, for sure. And you're talking about yay, you know, and you did uh, Devil in the um, New Dress. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did that 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 beat? How did that concept? Did you already have that beat ready or? Yeah, I already had the beat. Um, Kanye was flying a lot of people out to Hawaii, uh, working on the album. Mm-hmm. I was hearing like RZA and Pete Rock and seeing all these people out in Hawaii and shit. So I. Email a nigga say nigga, like what's up? I said I heard you got everybody in Hawaii but that nigga. And he said who that? I said me nigga. <laughs> the fuck? Like, me gives it face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy. Right? Like, so he's like yo. He's like yo man. You know the, the travel budget been kind of exhausted. Ooh, ooh. I said all right. I said well hold these. I said about three joints. A little blank space. Next email, yo, somebody about to contact you about travel. I said, <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I sent him a pack. And then that pack was the beat I did for Hit Boy, Jay-Z interview. Uh, John Legend, who do we think we are was in that pack. Mm. Fucking um, Pride and Joy, Fat Joy and Kanye. I did all those joints was in that pack. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I sent him some shit because I don't send beats. Right, right. You feel me? That's why you would never see me on Instagram. Like, who you are hearing this beat? I don't give a fuck who you're hearing this beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're never going to see me on Instagram playing anything that nobody's ever heard trying to get some likes. I don't give two shits about no likes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I really feel corporate America has fucked up the culture is thinking that you're supposed to show all your shit on your page. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't copyright an idea. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, signature is what makes you who you are. Right. That's your barcode. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes you special. It's how you do your shit. 
Not you go on YouTube like, yo, when I did this beat, this I used this and then I used this, and then I added this. Like, no, like what are you doing? It's giving up the sauce. You're giving up the sauce, you tripping. Yeah. Yeah, but this is what corporate America got people thinking this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get a bunch of likes, build up your fan base. On your, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that shit. Okay. That's the goofy shit to me. So when what else you did for Kanye? I know you did it. No, that's it. Like I said, we did the Devil in New Dress, mm-hmm. and, and then we ended up doing the record with Fat Joe, Pride and Joy. Okay. And that was because of me, because Kanye had to be first. Come to find out, it was supposed to be pushing for a single. But nobody said nothing. Nobody gave me no bread, so I, I let it fly. Right. So Kanye was trying to get it back. I told him Fat Joe had it. So that's how that whole dialogue started, and then he ended up doing the record with Fat Joe. Okay. All right. Oh, so you said it, well, you said it to Ye, he gave it the push. Right. But never told me he gave it the push. Okay. Yeah. Then reached out damn near like a year later. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, when he's sexing this, nigga, that shit gone. What are you talking about? Right. That's out of here. And oh man, like who got it? I'm like your fat Joe got it. And since we talking about push, you know that you know I want to talk to you about push, man. Like he just, I just had he came to the crib, mm-hmm. just had an interview. So you know, um, how do you feel about the the new the new record? Have you heard the Diet Coke record? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's dope. Okay, I just would I just would love to see him do other shit. When you say do other shit, what you just, mean? I just feel like at this point, I don't really think he need, he has to rap about anything affiliated with Coke or anything. Like, mm-hmm. He's just that dope of an MC to me. Right. He can do whatever the fuck he want to do if he choose to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I would just love to see him move past that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. doing the whole Drake beef, that, sh- that should have showed him right there. Like, How do you feel about that? The Drake shit? Yeah. I mean, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was like that was the first L he took. Okay. okay. See what I'm saying? That's yeah. the first dent he got in his armor. Right. <laughs> was from hometown. Right, from so, hometown. Yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. But it was like, to me, it should have been an eye-opener to him to push as well because you didn't talk about shit about the street shit at all. Hey. And you buy this nigga. Yeah. So you don't have to have this in your jacket in order to... Be who you are. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's just that dope of an MC. He's a definitely, he's definitely he's a, that. He's a lyricist. Right, so he's he definitely can't take a lyricist. That from you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's 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 interesting. I didn't ever know that um, Ye gave him that beat and that was supposed to be a single for him. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been a, a good look for Hometown. And that's how I ended up with the John Legend single, Who You Think We Are, featuring Rick Ross, because Ye gave that to John Legend. Right. And I, right, and I have to give you, you know, props on, because uh, you introduced me to Rick Ross, mm-hmm. right? So I'll never forget the moment. On the phone. On the phone. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you called, we was on three-way, you called him, and it went to um, Every Day of My Hustling. He had that as his, uh, what's the name? When, once you won't answer the phone, it goes to the, it goes to, you know, your, your voice yeah, message, mm-hmm. but it was the song. So I was like, "Yo, what song is that?" You was like, "I think it's a single." I think you know what I mean. So I don't really know. I said, "Yo, I want that. I need that." He said, right, "I'm gonna call. He gonna call me back. He call me back. He called back. Boom, we talk, and um, that's how me and him connected. And I, I sent him the mixtape movie I was doing at the time, 
He loved it. And he did a whole bunch of parts for me. He did mad acting parts for me. And I sent him a little script, right. but I but he did beyond that. So, you know what I mean? I definitely gotta show you love for that, that hooking up. But you you did some monumental stuff for him too as well. How did that connection come about? But you first of all, how did you meet him? I was working on Angie Martinez and we were recording in Miami. And a lot of people don't know that Ross used to write for Trina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we hired him to write for Angie. So while working with him with Angie, I'm just like, yo, this this motherfucker is dope. Like, like you would never think that a guy is writing this shit because he sounds so much like, like a, from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was just so natural. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, this dude is dope. So um, I introduced myself and I told him, you know, of course he was a diehard Jay-Z fan, mm. you know what I'm saying? So when he found out I was, you know, the shit I did, he was like, oh shit, like, we gotta lock in. Mm-hmm. So I started sending him, you know, giving him beats from then on. And he had a, he had a cast on his foot when I met him, actually. So, you know, so he was on crutches when I met him. And um, when I got back to Jersey, you know, I started sending him beats, and then he had this girl rapper named Ashley Ross. I don't know what he did, end up doing with her. She was, like, super dope. Yeah, her sounding crazy. And that just just went to the left. I don't know what happened with that, but um, then he drove to my crib, him and Gunplay. Drove to my house in Jersey like twice. Stayed in my crib in Jersey. We probably did about nine, ten records. And I think they used to go see uh, French Montana with the cocaine cowboy shit, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And, um, and then when he went back, probably like a few months later, that's when he called me and told me he had the record hustling. That's when I called you. Mm. He was program director at the time. And right. I called you in three-way. And I was like, yo, my man got a record. It's my dude. Like, he got it. Woo-woo. And I think you blasted off that night with the record. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just the rest the rest was history. So that's how I met him. That was probably about 2004, 2005. Yeah, that was. That was. That was. And you know, um, you know, y'all just got a, a, a real... Dope chemistry, you know. I, I mean, for real, P. At the end of the day, um, there was a lot of people who really was impacted by Blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The same way I was impacted by Life After Death. Could mm. be like that. That album really showed me how I need to be formatting my shit. Like how I need to the type of quality I need with my shit. Mm-hmm. So I used that as a gay that and doggy style. Okay. Those two qualities really changed my whole approach to music. Right. More so life after death. That was, Blueprint was people's life after death to me. Mm-hmm. Like what life after death was to me, Blueprint was to them. Right. So the shit I did on Blueprint, it, it made mother, a lot of producers change their whole shit. Into shift. what I was doing, yeah, major shift. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Ross was a huge fan of Blueprint, so right. he came in the game loving that sound. He just gave it a new name, Maybach Music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the same feel. So you did some stuff for Puff too, right? Yeah, for sure. I used to be a hitman. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Yeah, yeah he was a hitman. Yeah. 
Stevie J, you, Mario, Yogi, Nasheen, like well, D Dot. I was, you know, I came in towards the end though. Okay. You know that wasn't the official Hitman era when mm. I became a Hitman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's dope. So how how did you? I'm the, yeah, you 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 did meet Jay Dilla, right? He came to my crib. Oh man, tell us about that, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had an OG that was working over at uh, MCA Records, and that's where his deal was at mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, he told him that he wanted to meet me because this time around he wanted to get producers on the album that he respected. Right. He didn't really want to do all the beats. So he came to my house. They had the fur hat on, with the, you know, mink hat with the mink jacket to match. D-Town. Stayed D-Town all day. And, and I always regretted not being um, informed or educated on his whole body of work. So he was so so many records I didn't know he did mm-hmm. that I wish, like, the God I knew that when I met him because I would have just really been, you know, giving it up to him. But mm-hmm. I, he was still super dope. Mm-hmm. But it was so many records that I loved that I didn't know he was responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, understanding he was down with the Uma with Q-Tip. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and I just found that out that he did a lot of that that yeah. that, that 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 music and Q Tip like to the way like find the way is like one of my favorite beats ever. Mm. Like you caught my yeah. heart for come on man, that's Dilla. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of shit Dilla did through the Uma, I didn't, I had no knowledge of. I just always just dismissed it as Q Tip. Right? Yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? And so. But when he came to my career, like, yo, man, I just, you know, I, I respect, I love you, you know, what you're doing, your style and shit, like, you know, I respect it, and, you know, I just want you to do a joint. So, I gave him the joint, but he took a long time to to cut it, and I had given the same beat to Jizza from Wu-Tang. Mm. So, Jizza ended up doing a record called Animal Planet, and it, you know, which, Trump Dilla's record. Mm-hmm. So um, years later, they did the Dilla documentary video. Mm-hmm. And the people contacted me like, yo, was any chance that you may still have the beat? And I'm like, yeah, I still got it. And they're like, you know, if you can't find it, it's cool, whatever. They made it seem like it was just real nonchalant. Then I see the documentary, and my man is like really adamant about saying, I really want people to hear this record. You know mm. what I'm saying? But they tried to make it seem like it was no big deal. Right. But Dilla was really pushing for the record that we did together to come out. So oh, it was, man. Yeah, Dope. so I was just truly honored to, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it was the title track of the album, My Diary. That was the name of the song. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So to hear him say it was like, wow. Like, you know, it was just an honor to man. me because, you know, Dilla is a producer's producer. Right. He's revered, bro. You know what I'm saying? Which is, to me, not hold that spot now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the closest you're going to get to a dealer to me is Knotts. Now, see, you and Knotts, for those who don't know, that's another two up, two down right there is Knotts Raw. So how, y'all, y'all kind of started out in the same t- on the same team, right? Yeah, the Teamsters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Sloan was managing both of us at the time. Mm. So that was the squad, like, any, if I had to go to war with any producer uh, against the team of producers, I would 
Knots is probably the only thing I really come and get. Like, let's go fuck these niggas up right quick. But see, you can't you, tell us about the time when it was you, uh, Knots, Pharrell, Timberland, and the whole era in Virginia before anybody kind of blew up. How was how was that coming up at that time? Um. It was, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I just really, I really envy Atlanta's closeness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We never had that here for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I really envy them for just being so down for each other. Mm-hmm. Like when they say somebody mentioned you in the room that you're not in. Right. That's that's a whole other different type of loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's what we missing in Virginia. You know what I'm saying? So it was, you know, very like, you know, it was love when we saw each other. Mm-hmm. But it was never extensive. Why you think, why? Like, I, I don't know. understand. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. You, but you and Knox ain't even really got no song together. But that don't mean we ain't throw no work back and forth. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, you don't have to produce a record with somebody to be down. Yeah, but you would, you would think, okay, both of y'all are from Norfolk. So, I would think that y'all would have a song together with some not a artist. Song, not a song, maybe, not, a, maybe a project. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, a project. Yeah, or even yeah. a beat. Or even like y'all collabed on something for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? But that's the thing. We, we both lone wolves, so we don't need to do beats together. You know what I'm saying? That's not how we work. But being on the same project together or producing the same artist is a whole other conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not many motherfuckers in this game that's fucking with me and Nas on no hip-hop shit, mm-hmm. period. Mm. And I say that with the biggest set of balls ever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody ask me, like, I don't give a fuck what you talking about. When it comes to this soul shit, this hip-hop shit, there's not many niggas that can fuck with me and Nas, mm. period. Well, so how was it coming up with all of y'all? Like, I mean, you got Pharrell, you got Tim. You know what I'm saying? How was that, you know, before everybody kind of blew? I mean, I used to bump in that uh, Timler sometime in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause Jim, I'm talking about here, at home. It, it was never really that. It, well, well, Pharrell used to hang with us in it before I even got on. Mm-hmm. You know, me running around with Lou Sean and, you know what I'm Lou, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. man Lou. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy. And, you know, doing Lou Get Money era, like, that's... Pharrell used to, you know, was fascinated with his life. Mm-hmm. So he would always want to come and hang out with Lou and the squad, go to clubs and shit. Okay. So, we you know, we was always, you know, 15, 20 deep going everywhere we went. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he just used to love to just come by and just kick it, hang out with Lou and all that type of shit. So, but like I said, it was never... Like, me and Pharrell used to go... Fuck with chicks over Hampton, you know Hampton campus when he had the GS. Mm. You know what I'm saying, shit like that. But once he blew it, that type of relationship kind of came to a cease. But it was always cool if we saw each other. All right. That's so, why I say nothing extensive. So that's what I'm saying. So okay. So you said you envy Atlanta. So because you're basically saying that we need to be a cohesive like that too to be able to make but we got to be able to set that example 
I know that you and Knots may be lone wolves, but to set the example for the younger ones that's coming up, you know what I'm saying? Y'all collab, they see that, then they want to collab on different things, and maybe that can help. Because we we trying to find any way possible. We already know what's our Achilles heel. We already know what the problem is here in Virginia with all this talent, and we really don't have no real mark in the game. We already know what it is. I mean, we, we, we have a huge mark in the game. Producer-wise... I don't know any other city that's really fucking with us. I'm talking about as a city. I'm talking about as a city, though, as a state. Yeah, uh, you know that's what I'm talking about. I know we ha- we do have a mark in the game as far as producers is mm-hmm. concerned, but I'm just talking about when you name markets like a Memphis and Atlanta and different places where they made their mark from their area. You know what I'm saying? People be like, yeah, they from Memphis. It's like we have, you know, different artists or producers here and there that's popping out, but it's no one really saying, oh, boom, they from Virginia, like automatically. Yeah, it's always a, um, it's always a shock to people when they be like, damn, from me from Virginia too? Like, damn, all, like, damn, all y'all from Virginia? Yeah. It's like, to this day, like, that's, that's, that conversation has never changed mm-hmm. once they figure out, you know, Pharrell, Timberland, Danger Hands, Lex Luger, Bink. I forgot Missy. about Danger Hands. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, Lex Luger. Like, you know like, what I'm saying? Not, like when you start naming the, the people, it's like, mm-hmm. damn. Right. You know what I mean? Because none of us sound alike. No, no, nobody. And that's what makes it even more dope that out of all of us, none of us sound remotely close to each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Because you go to Detroit, so a whole bunch of niggas sound like Dilla. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You go to Chicago, a whole bunch of niggas sound like No Idea or some shit. Like mm-hmm. Virginia, that's not the situation. Who 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 is your top producer? Who you say is you like, yo, this nigga's an animal, man. I, um Michael Jordan in the game. I love Salon Remy. Like Salon Salon Remy is a, like a real Quiet assassin. Like if you look look him up when you get a chance. What he's done? That tribe. No. He's the reason why the Fujis are the Fujis. Cause the first record the Fujis put out was a dud. Mm-hmm. He the one who did the Why I'm a Libra, y'all. Uh, okay. The, he did the Fuji La remix. That's what gave the Fujis new life to fix what the fuck was going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. did Hot Stepper. Back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he did They Shooting Lars. Oh, like, you know, he did fucking... That's one of my favorite joints. Lion, Tigers, and Bears, Jasmine Sullivan. Like, he's his fucking... Yeah, Amy Winehouse. Like, his fucking... He's, like, so versatile. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So right. I, I really have a, a, a huge respect for guys like Salam and me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, that's 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 what's up, man. I, what do you think about this quick, like, who are you listening to on the local side, you know, in VA, man? <clears throat> I'm not even going to sit here and lie. I'm, I don't have not really, I, I like Crazy. I like Young Crazy a lot because I feel like Young Crazy got his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was one of my favorites from here. Right. 
uh, Ma P finding his way. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, it's not, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people that, you know, them actually listening to mm-hmm. from the crib. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, this whole thing of being in the music industry and coming from this 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 area where something is in the water, you know, on the music and as far as producers and and rappers and athletes and all that, you know, I, I you guys have set a a real bar for people that the younger end. But I really do feel that someone needs to really step up and say, yo, man, we need to do some collabs. Like, let us collab. Let us collab on a project. You know what I mean? Just to inspire the young ones to want to do something like what y'all did. You know what I'm saying? Because once they see that, they're going to want to do it. And then once they start doing it, then the chemistry might start to develop. We got to do something. You know what I'm saying? Man, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm willing to try whatever. You know what I'm saying? Lead by example, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. And whatever it takes. To, to try to change the texture up with the whole climate up in Virginia. Because, you know, the, us being the first first slave state ever, like there's a certain stigma here that's just hard to shake. Hard to shake. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... The capital of the black folks, for yeah, real. Yeah, and when you think about it, most people, most places... That like Virginia, it's the same stigma. Like Memphis, mm-hmm. the same shit. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they hate each other out there. Like the, the hate is like the fuck. You know, Virginia is like for us to have this much talent from out of here is like we still don't form like Voltron. Like we've never had a picture with all of us in it. That's crazy, Bean. Bean, that's crazy, man. You can't find one picture. With but so 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 you can't you can't call everybody up and Fuck activate no. that. No. Why not? Because you can't. It would have to be some something in the water. Shit. Everybody was already here. Right. And then it's in the same room, and you'd be like, "Yo, yo, come over here, take a picture, right quick." Type shit. It would have to be a moment like that where people are just already here. Yeah, it needs to be that moment, man. But New York has a picture that's monumental. They on the steps mm-hmm. in Harlem, Atlanta too, too, and it's like. Maybe like damn near a hundred of them, maybe, and they all like, from, like you you name it. Every star that used to rap in the New York mm-hmm. is in this fucking picture. Right, right. We, we just never had that. And uh, and that picture inspired the one for Atlanta. Probably it did, because mm-hmm. they did like a little short doc on it mm-hmm. when they were shooting the actual uh, picture. So they they contributed to the picture that they took in the, in, in New York. So I think since I didn't really know that, you know what I'm saying, it is too much. And before I even leave, since we're talking about VA, you know what I'm saying, how was it being in the presence of Missy and then having that record, the remix? Let me tell you something, man. Missy Elliott, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Missy Elliott. P-City, nigga. Talking about whatever. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Missy is a perfectionist. I learned so much from working with her. We did a lot of records together. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We did a Tamir record together. We did Total record together. We did songs, a song for the Any Given Sunday soundtrack together. Mm-hmm. Like we did a lot of records together. Then she did the, the Lights Camera Action remix for me. Right. But to see how she got down. Like, I remember we one time we was in the studio and we was working on Tamir shit. And Sylvia popped up, Sylvia Rome. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, what's up? Let me hear something. And then she's like, stop the beat. She's like, I, I didn't call you in here. I didn't, I didn't call you here. She's like, oh, come on, man. Play me something. She's like, no. Bye, Sylvia. Bye. To Sylvia Rome? Yes. Because what I learned from her is when you play something for somebody, knowing it's not finished, they're going to shoot it full of holes. Mm. So you best not play nothing until you really feel like it's ready to be played. Mm. Missy was, she always had a vision board in the studio. It would be all the names of the songs on the board. It would be a comic column, whatever. Oh, this this record, turn the drums down. This record, vocals too low. This record, need a bass line. This record, need bridge. And then it would be a complete joint. It would check it off. If, no comment. If that record on that board has something to be fixed in it, she ain't playing it for nobody. Wow. Only record she can play is the one with a check on it. Everything been finished. Everything is right. Everything checked out. She'll play that. And she intentionally, see, that's how the love. Missy, you need to, you need to set up the picture because I'm, pre, I'm pretty sure if you say, yo, yo, we need to do this, that, that you can activate that. I already know that. But she said your name right off the top on the remix. Yeah, because the thing is, man, that record is so misleading when you think about the sales of it. The record didn't really sell nothing because it was spread out too much. It was on too many different albums. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just poor uh, management on that record. Mm-hmm. Like it was on the... Fubu soundtrack. It was on the fucking barbershop soundtrack. It was on the Now compilation, and now it's on Cheeks album. Like, who the fuck gonna buy Cheeks album? We can go buy the Now compilation, mm-hmm. or you can buy the barbershop shit and all these other records are on it. Right now, you spread yourself too thin. Mm. Whereas you should have just had it in one place. Right. If you want it, you gotta get it from here. Right. So that's what killed the whole. Um, from it blowing up to, but it's to it's still day, blowing up. Yeah, it's still, that's like, what I'm saying. This record is still to this day, like it still go, right? Still hold it down, but you would think this record sold a million records. No, okay, you know what I'm saying. So, but when I sent it to her, she got right on it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she was the first person to do her vocals on the remix. She was first. Oh wow, that's why Puff bit her flow remix. Mm-hmm. And I had I asked Nelly to do it because a lot of people don't even realize how Nelly and the St. Lunatics stole Lost Boy's whole shit. <laughs> Think about it. Look at they look. They stole their whole shit. Right. The way they was dancing together, the, mm-hmm. the way they cornrows, pork chop sideburns, the mm-hmm. whole shit. So I'm thinking he gonna give back. He told me thirty five thousand. I was like, never mind. So then I got Petey Pablo. And then Puff said he wanted to do it for free. 
So we we, we called Puff. Puff did it. And then sent me an invoice for thirty five thousand. <laughs> two weeks later, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but yeah, man, you know it, the record came out dope, but for whatever reason, Puff did not want to see Petey Pablo on the record. Why? I have no idea. He was like, he don't. He like, I don't think he fit. I'm like, bro, nobody told you to bite Missy Flow. <laughs> that was your decision. Right. I asked Petey Pablo to do Petey Pablo, mm-hmm. and he did that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what they did was printed the record without Petey Pablo, went straight to the radio with it. Mm. That's crazy. And then I had to hurry up and print my shit and then take that other version, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't ever really hear Petey Pablo's verse, and he killed it. Mm. But I had to... Respectfully tell Puff that night. Unfortunately, Puff, this is not a bad boy record. Right. It's my record. Mm. So I really don't really give a fuck about how you feel about Petey Pablo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's my shit. You know, you can get out the record you want to. It's on you. You know what I mean? It's just you. But the, and the crazy shit was I didn't like the woo. I couldn't stand it at first. Mm-hmm. But I had to give it up later because a lot of people took to it. Mm, yeah, yeah. They yeah. took to it, so I had to I had to bite my tongue on that one. I had to, I had to eat that. Mm. But I didn't like that coming out, you know, out the gate. I didn't like it. Okay. So what being working on right now, man? Uh, I'm actually working on my own album right now. Okay. Quietly, you know what I'm saying? Um, trying to get that done. Uh, I did a lot of shit towards the end of the year, too, though. You know, I did like four on Anthony Hamilton album. Uh, did the joint with uh, Ross. Then mm-hmm. I did one on uh, Conway. The Machine just came out. Okay. Um, you got one on Con- Conway? Yeah, got one on Conway called Guilty. And um, in the Dollar Dre shit for the Grand Theft Auto. Album. Okay. Yeah, I got one up there too. All right. So can, can the artist... You know, submit something for no. you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I expect that from you, nigga. You already know that nigga. Here. You already know this nigga here. Yeah. Okay. So, how could they do that? Um, my thing is DM first. You know, okay. DM me, send me a link. You know, to listen to through DM, and if I like what I hear from there, then we go from there. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not. My ear isn't like everybody else's shit. I don't really want to hear a knockoff future. Mm-hmm. And that's what you really be getting a lot of times in your box, a whole bunch of knockoff shit. Right. It sound like a bunch of other shit. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. Maybe we need to get somebody who's young to kind of be the first ear to touch, and then they bring the ones to you that they think that, that is possible, and then you go from there. I mean, for real, my son, my ear now. I just ask him, who they listen to? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's MLE Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, put him on that. It's like, it's, but it's like every, bro, like, I feel sorry for DJs today. Like, the music changed so fucking much. Like, yeah, quick, fast. It's quick. Yeah. I'm like, God damn. Like, yeah. who is this? How he got two million streams already? Who hey, is this man. nigga? So, you know, so I listen to what my son, you know, and my, my, my nieces and shit be talking about, and I check yeah. it out and see what's going on. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, it's... It, the thing is, bro, the bar is low. Mm-hmm. 
Like people are not being signed for talent no more. People have been signed for likes, they, likes, and and they got a lot of views and shit. Right. But for the most part, it's the same shit over and over again. Mm. There's not really anybody that's really setting this up apart from what's going on. It's like whatever works, everybody's doing the same shit. Yeah. So I can't really get into that. That's why I say let them. You, even you if you can't even bring me that from a young, I don't want that. If I'm gonna put my name on something, I want something that's that's groundbreaking, that's dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't just want to get in the game and just fit in and just put out the same bullshit everybody else putting out. Right. I really no, don't I'm want to be parts of that. I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's I'm a lot. That's that's what's really going on. And going back to what we were talking about with Ross, right? Like so, Bink did a lot of parts acting for me for the crib movie <laughs> stuff when it's early on, when I was early. And he did a part, uh, he played a role where he was choking his girl, right? And it, and it was so vivid, like when you hear it, you can really see it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate, first of all, let me just say that I, I really do appreciate you coming to the hospital to bring me a hat and to see me when I gave my mom my kidney. That right there, that speaks a thousand you know what I mean, for me, you know, you and Angus Black were the only two people that came to see me. You know what I'm saying? And to this day, bro, I I hold that, you know, close. Like, that meant a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? Because when you brought the hat to me, the Humble Monster hat to me, and we took a picture of it, I was so doped up, I ain't even really... Take it no, in. Yeah, I ain't take nothing in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I look at the picture later, then I'm like, okay, but I was super doped up at that time. I so met I your mom or anything that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never think your mom had a kidney taken out or, or got one. She was she was live as a bitch. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was one of her. You was in sick bed. Mom's was chilling. She ready to go to church. <laughs> they told me that out the rip. They did that. Uh, the person who's giving it is a lot worse than the person who's receiving it. So I kind of knew that off the top. And since you're talking about the church, you came up and you used a lot of the, the, the church ingredients and your beats and your music. I mean, that's one thing uh, Brian Michael Cox said to me one time. He was like, yo, you you the one who made me understand that it's okay to incorporate what I learned in church. Mm-hmm. He said, if I'm listening to your shit, I was like, that's an ill way to, to describe it. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? How many instruments you play? I just play drums, bro. Okay. But, you know, I, I just have a, a good ear, though, mm. for paying attention to, like, articulation is everything in music. Right. So if you're going to play a bass guitar and a keyboard, you still need to understand how to approach it as a bass player. Okay. Or a horn or whatever, so, and so on and so forth. So for me, understanding uh, musicality and just instrumentation, okay, that's what made my shit sound so much authentic, okay. so much more authentic than the average guy that was doing beats. Because most guys don't, they couldn't tell you the difference between a trombone and a saxophone. Right. They don't know. Right. So that's well, not me. Well, bro, I appreciate you for sliding through the crib, man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. Uh, over the years. I don't give a damn what you say. I think you need to be one of the 
people to 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 push for that picture for everybody <clears throat> to be in, and you got to we got to take the responsibility to set it up for the younger ones, man, to win, man. You gotta be another. Uh, I start shaking your head off the rip, man. Because I'm trying to tell you, you have to have everybody already here. Okay, but you got to put it in the air. You get oh, no, started. Right. If we do if if we had another something in the water, it's it's so much more of a layup to do. They say they ain't gonna do it. I I see that now. So what what else is gonna get everybody here? The I same mean, time? somebody. You, I think I think you know it it'll happen. The universe will put everybody at the same time, but I want it to happen. But if I you know, cause I didn't go to something in the water first one. I didn't go. Yeah, I went. I missed it. It was crazy. You know what I'm saying? I heard it was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. But at the same time, it's like. Had I been there, I, I probably would have shot for that picture. Mm. If I seen everybody there, right? You know what I'm saying, yeah. Because it would be. That's what's missing for us, to see all of us in one picture. The, the power. Yeah. Of that picture, I think would be overwhelming. Please, when you got Masego and Drum and all these other people that people don't even know. But, but not just that. Add Vic, Iverson. <laughs> Cam, Cam, like yeah. add all the rest of this. Yeah. Like if you had a picture with just all, that would make the kids around here be like, you know what? It's that much closer. Yeah, cause that's that's what Sweet Pea Whitaker did for me. Oh, he did that for me too. That's what he did for me. You know what I mean? You he did that saying? for me too. Coming to Academy Park, KP in in P Town. Yeah, after the Olympics. So when I was young, young, you know what I mean, little. So, but I appreciate you coming through the crib, my guy. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Always. All right, my nigga. Hey, y'all got to stay tuned because you never know who's going to stop by the crib, bro. So I appreciate it. And um, definitely, my crib is your crib. Yeah, I do got on the road. And what? I'm cooling it. And one time, too, I had to put this out there, represent Park out. So y'all keep it locked. Don't move, all right? The crib. Party at Pizzo Crib. Bring your own crib. <laughs> all right.